I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Hello, my friend. Thank you again for joining me. This is session three of how to develop the habit of secret prayer. Um, Also, just basically how to spend time alone with Jesus in the secret place of prayer. Um, We're going to go ahead. I'm going to do some review. And the reason I'm going to do some review is I'm not sure whether or not you listen to session one and two. So before we get into the next phase of what I want to talk about, I want to do a quick review. But I would ask that you, first of all, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just come to you today in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that I am not alone in delivering this word to your people. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me, that it's the Holy Spirit who ultimately rises up in me and teaches the believer how to pray. I acknowledge your presence, and I thank you that you quicken my mind and help me to deliver this word accurately. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about how to develop the habit of secret prayer. And by way of review, I just want to um, reiterate that the practice of secret prayer is developed through time, practice, and patience, just like any prayer in your, or in any habit in your life. Um, the established rule, we said, it t- is that it takes about 21 to 28 days to develop any habit, But we found out that there's some new psychological research um, that questions this. And according to the European Journal of Social Psychology, it says, according to their research, that it takes about 66 days to develop a new habit. Now, this, like we said, includes any habit in life. For example, beginning a new exercise program, eating better, or stopping any kind of addiction. Um, now we are relating this kind of habit to the habit of prayer and I just want to encourage you that it's going to take time and practice and discipline to develop this habit of prayer in your life. But the rewards are great and we're going to just begin where we are and we're going to press in and we're going to develop this kind of intimacy that we desire with Jesus. Mike Murdoch said, habit is a gift. Anything you do twice becomes easier. God uses habit to stabilize your life. For example, Daniel prayed three times a day. David prayed seven times a day. Jesus, the Bible says, as was his custom, went into the synagogue. He said, if I can see what you do daily, I can predict your future. So we're talking about developing the habit of prayer. James 4.2 says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. So basically, you are as close to God as you want to be. And there are different levels and different degrees of intimacy with God, and it's all up to you. How close do you want to be with God? I remember I was talking to God one day, and I said, God, I just want more of you. I want more of you in my life, and I I, I want to be closer to you. And what God came back and said to me was, Margie, you don't need more of me I need more of you. So my friend, you are as close to God as you want to be. 
okay? And, and the Bible talks about different degrees and different levels of the glory of God. And, and, and I believe that through this teaching, it's going to cause you to go into a new place of intimacy with Jesus because that is the purpose of this teaching. Um, as we reviewed before, I want to say that, yes, we do need to maintain our righteousness, consciousness, that we are what we are by the grace of God, that because Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, we are now in Him and we are complete. So when we stand before God, we stand before God without a sense of guilt. We don't have to be afraid. Um, the Bible says we can go boldly to the throne of grace and we could obtain what we need from God in our time of need. Um, we encouraged you in our other session to buy yourself a Bible. Get a Bible that's easy to understand. There's a lot of really good Bibles out there in a modern translation. I want to encourage you to use BibleGateway.com or any kind of concordance, uh, online concordance um, uh, uh, tool that you need. I encourage you to get a, a journal. It's important to get a journal so that when you're developing your intimacy with God, you have your journal and you can write down the things that he said. Okay, now getting started, how do you develop the habit of prayer? Number one, you have to decide on a time that works best for you where you are not interrupted. Now, for me, morning is usually the best time, but that may not be the best time for you. So you have to find out, you know, what is the best time for me to pray? When is the best time for me to have uh, a time of focused prayer with God? So that's important to do, and if you need to, just go and write it in your calendar and put that time and say, this is my time alone with God, and don't let anybody rob you of that time with Him. Number two, find a spot in your home that you can call your prayer closet. Matthew 6.6 6 talks about going into your closet and shutting the door when you pray to your Heavenly Father. That word closet denotes any private room or secret chamber. That can be, you know, a bathroom, a bathtub like I was sharing in our other session where a friend of mine was busy and on the road with a lot of her friends and she would go into the bathroom and she'd go into the bathroom, she'd shut the curtain door and she'd spend time with God alone. Just any place where you can shut things out and enter into a place where you're not distracted. If you're in college, I would encourage you to put your headphones on and just shut your eyes. When you're shutting your eyes, you're shutting everything out. For me personally, I developed the habit of prayer in a real closet. I went into a real closet, shut a real door, and I'd go into this dark closet, and I'd have my Bible, my journal, and my watch, and that's where I developed the secret place of prayer. Um, number three, we want to begin where we are. So what does that mean? What that means is I don't want you to begin with an hour of prayer or two hours of prayer now that you've heard this message. I want you to begin with 15 minutes. And if you begin with 15 minutes, you will not become discouraged and you'll be more apt to go back into that place of prayer. And then that 15 minutes will turn into 20 minutes because we said earlier that prayer goes from sacrifice to joy from a desire to a discipline to a delight. And the more time you spend with God in the secret place of prayer, the more you're going to want to spend time with Him. You will develop a craving for prayer. You will develop a craving for God. But I, again, would encourage you to begin with 15 minutes. Number four, begin by stirring yourself up. 
Um, we compared that to warming up on a treadmill or stretching before a workout. You know, if you want to develop the habit of working out, what you do is you go to the gym and you, in order to begin, you've got to begin with some kind of activity that's going to get you warmed up. And for me, usually going on the treadmill or stretching before my workout is a great way to get my mind ready for my hour of working out. So just be, you can, you have to stir yourself up. Isaiah 64, 7 says, and there is no one who calls on your name and awakens and bestirs himself to take a hold of you. You have to stir yourself up as you enter into the place of prayer because you will have a lot of distractions or things on your mind that will try to keep you from entering in. That's why for me, usually the morning is the best time for me to pray because I wake up in the morning and my mind is not cluttered with a lot of thoughts and a lot of cares and a lot of maybe anxieties or things that may have happened during the day. It's just a good time to get focused and get into the presence of God. So let me give you some things that I think will help you to get to, to, to become stirred up. How do you stir yourself up? You can stir yourself up with words you understand. And I'll explain as we go into this. Number two, with tongues or praying in the spirit. Number three, sing with words you understand, like a scripture or a song. Number four, you can sing with tongues, or what the Bible says, you can sing in the Spirit. Or, next, the right music will stir you up to get you in a place where you can get focused and centered on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 says, Well then, what shall I do? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with words I understand. Now he's talking about prayer. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the words I understand. So notice this scripture says, by an act of my will, I am going to pray. So by an act of my will, I am stirring myself up and I am deciding I'm going to enter into this place of prayer and I am going to take a hold of God and find out who he is and what he has to say to me that day. Let's talk about words that we understand first. My friend, you can talk to God about anything. When you go into prayer, if you've got something on your heart or something's bothering you, I would encourage you to talk to God about it. The Bible says that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And God is there for you. He's interested in you. He's interested in your needs. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he wants to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, meaning he cares about you. Okay, so when you go into prayer, one way to get yourself stirred up is just talk to God about what's on your mind and what's on your heart. If you have to, cry. I've, had that, I've done that many, many times. When I went into the place of prayer, went into that closet, shut that door, and I would just get into the presence of God, and if something was bothering me, and I was upset about something, I would talk to God about it, and sometimes I would even cry. And crying is not bad in the presence of God. Crying is a place where you're vulnerable before God, and you're saying, God, this is my heart, and I need you to help me. Okay? So talk to God about anything with words you understand. Um, the but... 
this is a, this is what I would also say. Be open and honest with him and talk to him about these troubles, but don't stay there in that place of defeat or that place of being upset. What you need to do is go to the Word of God, and that's where your concordance will come in, your online concordance. Go to the Word of God and find scripture that meets your need for that day. Now, the things that bothered you yesterday may not be bothering you today. That's why the Bible says in Luke 11:3, give us this day our daily bread. So go into your concordance and find the scripture that meets your need for that day. Use your concordance. And like we said, for example, if you need peace, do a word search on peace. It's very simple. You go into the concordance, you, you put up the subject, you say peace, and all the scriptures that are in the Bible both the Old and the New Testament, will come up and you will see what God has to say about peace. So if you go into prayer and you go, Lord, I'm upset, I have all this anxiety, I have this test, or I have this going on, or I need this, that, and the other things going on in my life, well, say that to Him, but don't stay in that place of defeat. Go into what the Bible has to say about your situation. Find a scripture that meets your need, and then, and then begin to pray those scriptures out. Okay, that way you're getting out of faith and you're getting out of defeat and you're positioning yourself in a place of victory. Okay, and, and, and God will work with you as you communicate his word with him. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 11 that the word of God does not return void, but it will it will, it will produce on your behalf, meaning when you begin to say those scriptures that meet your need, that word will come back to you and you'll find that where there was once a lack of peace, you will have joy and you will have peace because prayer opens up the door for God to work. And when you pray, God steps in and he answers your prayer. And the Bible says he hears the cries of the righteous. And when you start to use scripture, the scripture that meets your need, God hears that word, the word that he's already given you, and he responds to his word. If you're afraid, then find scripture where God says, don't be afraid. Okay, there's many scriptures in the Bible that say, fear not. Well, here's one that's coming up in my heart right now. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. The amplified version of that scripture says, Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. That goes on to say, and the Amplified says, I will harden you to difficulties. So you may have the same circumstances going on, but because you've taken your prayer and you've presented the word of God in prayer before him, and you're reading a, a scripture that says, Father, I thank you that I'm not going to fear. You're going to find you'll have the same exact circumstances, but because you've prayed scriptures on being strong and being courageous, you will find that those circumstances won't affect you anymore because God will harden you to those circumstances. You see, prayer changes things. And when you pray, the first thing that changes is you. 
And so when you go into prayer and you pray, God will change you. And so things that once bothered you will not bother you anymore. I'm going to tell you something. I am a living testimony of a person who's been changed because of the power of prayer. Yes, I got saved. I was born again and I was changed and I became a new creature inside. Everything passed away. Everything became new. But as I continued uh, in, in prayer and I continued on my journey in knowing God and I continued to, to learn about the Bible, I, I changed and I am not the same person I was 30 years ago. I'm not the same person I was even three years ago. Because I had a situation in my life that was causing me a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And I cried a lot and I was upset a lot. And one morning I woke up and I heard God say to me that scripture I just said to you. He said, I will harden you to difficulties. Fear not. Were you in fear? I was in fear. I was upset. But Margie, you're a minister. You're not supposed to be afraid. Well, you know what? The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. I'm human just like everybody else. E even though I know a lot of Bible, you know, we're still growing every day in our walk with God. Everybody's got a different journey. That's why we can't judge one another, you know, according to where they're at. We've just got to do what we got to do to get ourselves where we need to be and just live our lives for God and not forget about everybody else because it's between you and God. You're uh, your relationship with him and at his relationship with you and I have to tell you I woke up I heard that scripture in my heart and I actually had to find that scripture I went to a concordance and I found it I eventually found that the verse he quoted to me to me was out of the um, amplified version and I found it in Isaiah what are you saying I'm simply saying this God does not want you to be afraid but what you have to do is you have to feed your faith and starve your doubts. And so if you've got a lot of fear in your life, then get those scriptures out, take them into your prayer closet, and begin to, what Abraham did, begin to call those things that be not as though they are. What does that mean? Begin to say the opposite of what you're feeling. And the way you do that is with scripture are you listening take your need to the Word of God take those scripture and begin to say those scriptures to God well how do you do that well for example you could say father I just come to you today and you know that this situation is really upsetting to me and I'm, I'm very upset and I'm a little worried and I'm actually confused but I know that your word says that you are with me always I know that your word says to not to fear anything. I don't have to fear Psalms 91. The Bible says that terror by night. I don't have to be afraid. I thank you. Psalms 23, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So take, that's how you pray. It's okay to start out, you know, crying out to God and being open and honest, but I don't want to keep you there. I want you to come out from that place of defeat and I want you to step into victory. And when you do that, God said he will reward you and he will help you. So, number two. So we want to pray with words we understand. Number two, we also want to pray in tongues or we want to pray in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Now we're still talking about stirring ourselves up. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, When you pray in tongues, 
you're speaking not unto men, but unto God. And after you've done everything you know how to pray, and you've quoted all your scriptures, and you've talked to God, the best thing that we could do is just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Number three, sing in tongues. Um, sing in tongues. What is singing in tongues? Singing in tongues is, is, is a supernatural language given from God, and I call it the language of heaven. And when you sing in tongues, you're entering into the worship of heaven. I'm going to read you a couple scriptures. When the apostles were first um, filled with the Holy Spirit, the very first thing they did was magnify God. Singing in tongues is a form of worship. It says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 11, it said, We heard them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now remember, we're talking about stirring yourselves up. We're talking about getting into the presence of God. Here's another scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So you can stir yourself up by singing in tongues. How do you do that? It's, it goes like this. Well, what are you saying, Margie? Well, I believe that what I'm saying is, Lord, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul longs for you. My flesh needs you in this dry and thirsty land where no water is. I'm just worshiping God and I'm magnifying Him. It's a way of getting me into the mood for prayer. It's called actually spiritual worship. Jesus said, For the time is coming indeed, and it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. This is New Living Translation. For God is a spirit so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So singing in tongues is a good way to get stirred up. It's a good way to get warmed up. Number four, the right music. The right music. The right music will get you stirred up in the secret place of prayer. I'm going to reread Isaiah 64, 7. It says, and no one calls on your name that awakens and bestirs himself to take hold and take to take and keep hold of you so you have a song whatever song it is that you need that'll help get you into the presence of god when you put that song on it'll awaken you and it will stir you up the right music will awaken your heart to the things of god and his love and his character music brings in the presence of God, and it also helps you to quiet your mind and focus your attention on Him. Remember, we said that this kind of prayer is a practice and it requires discipline. So we're, we're entering, we're, we're disciplining ourselves and we're quieting our mind, and music is a way to help us get to that place we want to be. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. The right kind of music in prayer will help to get your affections and your attention on Jesus. Okay, number five. This is where we left off. As your mind quiets, draw inward. Now just listen to me. 
Remember, we say this often, some things are better caught than taught. Just listen to how I'm going to teach this to you. Listen with your heart. This is revelation. It's not always something you can understand with your head, but I believe the head is the gateway to the heart. So just listen to how we present this. As your mind quiets, draw inward. This is the place where you become centered and focused. That's why I say, I think it's okay for people to use their cars as prayer closets. But I want you to go a little further with God than just praying in your car. Because if you're praying in your car, it's not really a place where you can quiet your mind and become centered and focused on Jesus or the Father. We live in a very distracted society. I've been known to have two computers, my phone, all sitting next to me, and music going in the background all at the same time. This is the place of prayer where all of your focus and all of your attention is on Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father. So quiet your mind and draw inward. And this is the place where you become centered and focused. Isaiah 26 in the New Living Translation says, I'm going to give you scripture. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. The translation says whose thoughts are fixed on you. So in this place of prayer, instead of your mind wandering and you're thinking about a bunch of things, get your mind, harness your mind and bring it in and quiet it and then draw inward. I'll explain as we go. So quiet your mind. You can control your thoughts. If your mind wanders, bring it back to center. I've had it happen all the time. I'll be praying, and I'll be praying in the Holy Ghost, or I'll be singing in tongues, or I'll even be praying the Bible with words I understand, and my mind will be thinking about all this other stuff. See, I don't want to stay there. I want to go deeper than that. And the way you go deeper is by an act of your will, you, you say to your, you don't even say, you just can control your thoughts. You stop your mind. And you, 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 you stop and instead draw inward and focus on the fact that you're seeking God and you're going inward and you're looking unto Him. Okay? Number two, quiet your mind. Number two, we said it. I'm going to say it again. You draw inward. Okay? Or you look into your heart. See? I like to put it like this. It's like you have eyes behind your eyes and you're not looking outward like this, looking for God. You're looking to God in the secret place of your heart. So you want to draw inward. Are you with me? I'm just going to take this slow. Listen. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they all live within you. Under the Old Testament, the Bible says, He used to live in temples made with hands. Meaning, He used to live 
than something that, that man made for him to live in. It was called the Holy of Holies. But no longer does God live in temples or houses or churches made with hands. He now lives on the inside of you and he lives on the inside of me. The Bible says, don't you know and understand that you are the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, as God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, they will be my people. So the Holy Spirit is within you. So when I say draw inward, I'm saying look on the inside of you. Isaiah 56, 7 says that we are the house of prayer. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the house of prayer. And you know, we have it better than Adam and Eve had it. If you know the story of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that after God created man and woman in his likeness and in his image, of course he created them to fellowship with him and to be with him. And then they fell. We know that. But the Bible says that God used to come down to visit Adam and Eve. And the Bible says he came down in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve used to have to wait for God to come and visit them. Well, under the New Covenant, the New Testament, you and I can go to God anytime, any place. We don't have to go to a church. We are the house of prayer. So what are you saying? I'm saying quiet your mind. Make a decision. I'm going to make this 15 minutes count or this, these 20 minutes or the 30 minutes or whatever you set your goal at. Quiet your mind and then just draw in word. I'm going to give you scripture for this. Because what's happened is, is people in other religions, they have picked up on the principles from the word of God and they are taking it and they are running with it. And as New Testament born again believers, we, we're the ones that should be taking these principles and using them and practicing them in the place of prayer. The new age people, you know, they know how to draw inward and they know how to focus, but they're not focusing on Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. They're focusing on whoever it is, is their God, or they're focusing on themselves, or they're focusing on their breath. What I want you to do, and we're going to continue in this teaching, is I want you to learn to set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth, and focus in on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your life. So the Bible says, I'm going to give you a few more scriptures to prove my point. John 14, 17 says, contemporary English version, the spirit will show you what is true. The people of this world cannot accept the spirit because they don't see him or know him. But you're a believer, and this is what, this, what Jesus is saying to the believer. He's saying, but you know him who is with you and will keep on living in you. So the Holy Spirit is in you. 1 John 2.27 says, the anointing is within you. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in you or inside of you than he that is in the world. Like when I was a little girl, 
I always wanted God. I always loved God. I always prayed to God. And when I was a little girl, I was very young, maybe six years old, and we had this tree that came down in our backyard, and there was this little tree stump. And I used to sit in my backyard as a little girl, and I used to look up into the sky, and as a little girl, this is so amazing to me, I wanted to see God's face. See? Now, in my, the, the, in my ministry now, my primary focus is to teach people how to pray and teach people how to seek the face of God. That's the beauty of a child. A child can pick up on their destiny and, and they can begin to act out their destiny as a child. And so, you know, I used to always be like this. I used to be like wanting to see God's face and wanting to see God's face. And then one day God, after I got born again, I realized that God isn't in the sky. He's not up there. And, you know, you got to reach for him like this and look with these eyes. No. The, when you're a born-again Christian, God lives on the inside of you. And as I draw inward and I focus my attention on him, and we're going to talk about this as we move forward, and use my spiritual imagination, I and you can see God's face. Okay, we can see his face by faith. John 7:38 says, out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. Out of where? Listen, out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. So it's the practice of quieting your mind and hooking yourself up to the inside and drawing from the inward out. We're talking about the practice of secret prayer. Isaiah 29, 13 you see, you have an inward life and you have an outward life. We're talking about developing the inward life. And this scripture says, Wherefore the Lord says, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart from me, and their fear toward me is taught by this precept of men. Now in this scripture, it's not you, so I don't want you getting into condemnation. What God was saying in this scripture, there's a people that honor me with their mouth, with their outward man, you know, with the things that they say, with the things that they do. He said, but in reality, their heart is far from me. See? Now, what God wants is he wants our heart. He wants our heart. And so we, what we want to do is we want to develop this inward life where our heart is focused and fixed on him. We're going to go ahead and close with this. And in, in our next session, we're going to talk about how to use our spiritual imagination and the beauty of, 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 of doing that kind of practice and what it will produce. But before we close, I just also want to say that this, this teaching is for the practice of secret prayer, but you can use this also for public meetings. When you're in a public meeting and you're in a worship service, instead of your mind just wandering off and you know, you're singing the song with your mouth, but your heart's not really connected, you know? You're, it's like this dual thing. You can practice quieting your mind and drawing inward and focusing in on Jesus and entering into what the Bible says, spirit, soul, and body, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. You can practice this kind of prayer even in public places. So we're going to go ahead and pray and we're going to close I want to pray for you. 
Jesus said to fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you and I will uphold you with the right hand of your right, his right, my righteousness, he said. I'm going to pray for you because their spirit of fear has, has been dogging your trail. And we're going to pray that that, that that spirit not only leaves you, but we're going to pray that you have a revelation of the love of God. And the revelation of the love of God will continue to drive out any kind of fears you may have in your emotional realm. So I'm going to pray for you. So I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to quiet your mind and receive the prayer that I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just lift up before you this individual that is hearing this teaching. And first of all, I take authority over all the spirit, the spirit of fear and doubt and worry and confusion in the name of Jesus. And I command you to loose your stronghold off of their mind and off of their soul right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. And while I'm even speaking this prayer over them, I thank you that your spirit will come upon them and refresh them and help them and strengthen them. And then furthermore, Father, I pray for this individual that they would have a revelation of your love. And as they continue in coming to know and understand who you are and the love that you have for them, I pray that it will increase their faith and it will drive out the fears and the insecurities in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.